Tectorama episode 730, Sweet, Sweet Milky Way. Hello and welcome to Technorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you're returning, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. I am Chuck Tomasi, and yeah, that's pretty much memorized by now. The part that's not memorized <laughs> is that guy over there, Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? Howdy ho. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> I, I could just... Uh, every time I do that intro now, I'm going to think of your guy going, you didn't finish the sentence. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chuck Tomasi. And, and. Right. You didn't finish the sentence. Yeah. How have you been? I'm doing all right. Trying to shake this cold off, but I'll live. We, we were, no, we weren't here last week. We, we had a couple more weeks off. Darn it. This season is Yeah, we did. Killing. We've had three weeks off in a row. And last weekend. You were actually uh, in my neck of the At your place. We should have done a show there. We could have just grabbed the wireless pro. Actually, in the in the in the spare bedroom upstairs, I've got a microphone and the spare LCD panel monitor. So if I need to work or something there, I can. So I got I got everything. I got the setup there. We could have shared a microphone, but it was the first time we officially got together in your neck of the woods. Literally, your neck of the woods. Yeah, nice visit. Yeah, it was great. Nice yeah. visit. I ate way too much though. I'm still taking off pounds from the World Forum October November travel, and then Charlotte. <laughs> oh, the scale was not kind to me, and I've got to get back into cruise season in a few weeks. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, actually, we took a trip. My family took a trip to uh, Germany, um, and you know, we went to you know places and ate sausage and kraut and beer. beer i knew when i got back uh, that i the scale was not going to be kind to me either but because we walked so much uh-huh. <laughs> i actually was four pounds lighter well that's lucky i always tell myself yeah. that like at dragon con but it doesn't always work that way i'm surprised because we uh we walk a lot at dragon con we do well, we're going to be walking again because we got the embassy suites this time so put on yeah. your comfy shoes yeah, but I looked at my my uh, my steps when we were in Germany, and I bet I got uh, it had to have been like a five and a half mile average that a day? whole week each day. Nice, great, you know. Yeah, so it's about yeah, seventeen thousand steps. Yeah, yeah, and you know what was worse is that I was still nursing my Achilles issue, so it was feeling better before the trip. And I was actually able to walk, you know, limp a little bit, but I, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to walk, you know, and hang out with everybody. So I kind of pushed through it. So it wasn't an easy five and a half average miles either, uh, each day, you know, but I did it, made it happen. You mentioned Achilles. And that's one of my uh, interesting questions that I like to ask people in a conversation these days is Achilles had a choice when, uh, when he was younger that mm-hmm. he could either live a long natural life, become a dad, a grandfather, et cetera, and fade into obscurity. And no one would, no one would have ever remembered him or he could die young and his name would live on forever. So I like to ask people, would you rather die young? I mean, he was, he was in his thirties as I understand it, which isn't way too young back then, but 
Would you rather die young and have your name live on forever, or would you rather live a long, normal life? I think if you look, I don't see how you can't live a long, normal life as long as you're kind and helpful to people that your name wouldn't live on. For thousands of years? Probably not. I don't know about that. Right. People today (laughs) still know who Achilles is, right? I don't know. Maybe. Chuck was a... Such an average, ordinary guy. Oh, yeah. How did he live? King like of that? mediocre. <laughs> and your, na- and your name goes on. I don't know. Uh, how long does your name need to go on? I don't think it matters once you're gone. What, are you going to care once you're gone? No, but your family might just say, hey, I'm related make, to so-and-so. I think you need to make the impact while you're here and uh, call it a day. I think with DNA testing, they can prove who you're related to. <laughs> Yes, they catch criminals these days. Well, you might not want to be related to me. Yeah. What about hey? You know, I know it it happened a while back, but how about that twenty three and me and you know the hackers getting the their database? You know, good when you give information like that. You got to expect something like that's going to happen. Yeah. Now I didn't do twenty three and me. Have you? No, I have. I know people that have, but I'm like, yeah. And I go, what, what are you going to, what's going to happen? Are they going to clone you or something? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. But the, I mean, the, I, uh, 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 not uh, the, the, the police, the FBI, they can use that for genetic tracking too. So if you committed a crime yeah. even 40, 50 years ago and there's still viable DNA out there, they'll track mm-hmm. you down. Even if it's not even direct, if some of your relatives did 23andMe, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a good chance they're going to come after you. So I've been watching a lot of cold case files on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And that's, they oh, ought yeah. to just rename that. We use DNA to catch this one. Yep. We use DNA to catch this one and that one and that one and that well, one. Well, I, I would say it would also absolve a lot of people. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. people that are it, still in jail because of DNA. We've seen a bunch get it released. So, yep. Uh, already. So, uh, yeah. I can so imagine we, that that would we, be a, we know it's you because you had O positive blood. Well, so does 40% of the population. <laughs> I was like, that's not a narrow down factor. No, it was, well, some guy got <laughs> accused on that and went to prison for you know, 25, 30 years. Yeah, so that's like one of the more, I'm an o, o positive, you know, that's pretty common. So how can you, I don't know. You say that? Yeah. I'm glad I am because it's the universal receiver. I can get anybody's blood. Yeah. Alrighty, we have some more sciencey stuff in the show, but first, we have some feedback. We asked you a question of the week last week, and we're going to follow up now. Letters, oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Oh, letters, I love those letters. Let's find out what you've got to oh, say. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like how we're acting towards the camera and we're not doing video this week. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at you. Yeah. More or less. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Our question of the week last week was what movie name or line from a movie would be an awesome band name? And we got some good responses here. Gary Lindros comes in and says, play it again, Sam. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good band name because then you get, people would just keep playing the same song over and over. Yeah. And yes. this other listener, Gary Lindros, said, you a, talking to me? A different Gary Lindros? <laughs> yeah. There's no, two in the world? There's two. We're in, hey, there's two Jack Mangans, too. So. Oh, dear. Now we're in trouble. 
Yeah, we're really in trouble. Weber Baker says, that's no moon. Oh, I should have worn that t-shirt tonight. Instead, I wore my Technorama yeah. podcast that's not a bad Patreon one. shirt. Sorry. So the first Jang, Jack Mangan. Wait, there's a up. band called Walk the Moon. That's yeah. no moon. Hmm. So Jack Mangan said, uh, there's a band called Evil Dead. I'm going to okay. put another heart on that. Yeah. Um, he also said, I want to form a band called All Out, Bubble, All Out of Bubblegum. Of course. <laughs> of course. That's well, funny. there was a song by Air Supply called All Out of Love. Not though. No. S- Steve Cody says, those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That would have been, that would have been pretty good. Uh, Denise Inglis says, I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, she also wrote another one. Says, I'll be back. Oh yeah. That's a good band name. A bunch of double ones. Cause then you're, then you're, then you're guaranteed to have a repeat at the same venue. I'll be back. Yeah. Come on in tonight and see, I'll be back. When will they be back? We don't know. Fritz Ulrich, Ulrich, uh, Stewart has a couple, um, uh, three of them here. Uh, nuke it from orbit. Nice. The beacons are lit. (laughs) And my precious, Ooh, hmm. my precious, that that sounds like a viable name. Yeah, Steve London has a bunch of them, as we would expect from him. Starship Troopers with hits like "Nuke Them from Orbit" <laughs> and hey. "Come On You Apes" and "Would You Like to Know More." <laughs> the the Soriety with their one hit wonder, "I'm a Leaf on the Wind." Watch how the I soar. Yeah, the Serenity. Oh, okay. That's typo on my part. Yeah. John Kratzer says, Spaceballs, there goes the planet. I Actually, when I read that, I thought, oh, we need Spaceballs the band. Spaceballs the band. <laughs> Why not? Uh, he said, Space Jam, they, they must all be tall. We also have some other comments over on oh, yeah. our other post. Craig shared this and I shared this. Gary says... I feel the need for speed. And Weber says Colossus, the Forbin Project. Oh, I would just like Colossus. That's a good band. Or the Forbin yeah. Project. It's like the Alan Parsons Project, but a little different. Uh, my old uh, high school buddy, uh, Scott Long, says, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, Brian Parker. Um, he said, hello, Technorama. Uh, you wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest band name in the world, Jaws. Nice. Yeah, that could work. I wonder if you get copyright infringement on some of these. You know what? Actually, I was thinking it works on two levels. You got Blade the shark, Runner. And then you got, then you got uh, the guy from uh, James Bond. That's true. Blade Runner would be a good band name. No, uh, Adrian Meredith says, Warm Bodies. They work. What about... I got one for you. How about... What? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Friday the 13th right yeah I don't know how you'd put that on the marquee though <laughs> hmm. I always joked about calling a band called uh, having a band called free beer <laughs> put that on the marquee <laughs> you get lots of people in there tonight you wouldn't get beer. booked anywhere I'm not booking you you know what they'll do to me <laughs> tonight free beer alright that yeah. takes care of it <laughs> <laughs> for this week, from our let's roll into the history. Somewhere I have a fader for this. 
There it is. There we go. Sorry, the mixer was all mixed up. I think that's a real thing. Anyway, we're doing On This Day in History for December 13th, 2023. This is the 347th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 18 days, 18 18 days remaining in the year. Wow. What are we going to do? It was on this date in, in 1577 that Sir Francis Drake set sail from Plymouth, England on his round the world voyage. He would not be home for Christmas. That's right. NASA launched Relay 1, the first active repeater communication satellite, in orbit on this date in 1962. It also would not be home for Christmas. <laughs> and December 13th, 1972, Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt began the third and final extravehicular activity, EVA, or moonwalk of Apollo 17. To date, they are the last humans to set foot on the moon. Until next time. That's that's another reference to the moon. Hmm. That's three now. Happy birthday goes out of this date to Italian astronomer, uh, Italian astronomer and philosopher Francesco Bianchini, born on this date in 1662. And uh, lost my place there. Do, uh, born December 13th, 1724, German astronomer and philosopher. <laughs> another philosopher? Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, France, uh, France, Apianus. <laughs> Careful with that one. <laughs> I know. German chemist who invented the Derbereiner's lamp. Johann Wolfgang Derbereiner, of course. He was born 243 years ago today. And born December 13th, 1816. 18, I'm sorry, 1816. It's first day 66. Uh, German engineer and businessman founded Siemens, Werner von Siemens. Werner von Durbenheimer. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, von, yeah. Elizabeth Alexander, the British geologist, academic, and not a philosopher. She's a physicist. She was born 115 <laughs> years ago today. And Philip Warren Anderson, American physicist and academic. <laughs> Try to keep up. Um, Nobel Prize laureate was born on that same date in 1923. <laughs> if we can't mispronounce something, we're going to purposely mispronounce it. Right. Yeah. American actor and singer and dancer Dick Van Dyke is 98 today. That means he's still around. Not yeah, was, actually, would uh, be 98. Doing, he is 98. They're going to do a thing on was it CBS uh, honoring him. So. Da, 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 da. Anyway, keep born December 13th, 1929, Canadian actor and producer Christopher Plummer. General Chang? It's General Chang's birthday? That General Chang? Yes. The one who invented P.F. Chang's? Yes, that's right. American actor, singer. Yeah, we we serve fresh gach. (laughs) American actor, singer, songwriter, producer, and comedian Jamie Foxx is 56. And last but not least, also born on that same date in 18... Sorry, 1989, singer-songwriter Taylor Swift. <gasps> well, the Swifties will be out in number on Wednesday the twenty, the 13th. Stay home, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> it should be 34. Oh, my gosh. And what a career. If only we had a tenth of her money and talent. Yeah. Talent would be nice, but... All yeah, right. right. <laughs> Listener birthdays this week include Wanda Step, Craig's awesome mother. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see how that goes. Yes. Uh, on the 12th, on the 13th, is Fritz the German. <laughs> I think we mentioned him earlier. Michael yeah. Spence from Brother Osric Scriptorium. 
<laughs> on the 14th. And on the 17th, the one and only MVP, Jorgis Rowan. Happy birthday right. to all of you. If you are on, if you have a birthday this week, you know what? We want to wish you, honestly, a happy birthday. We hope you have a grand old time or had a grand old time if you're listening to this after your birthday. All the best to you. If it's your birthday and you're not on the calendar, well, you know what? You can do that easy enough. <laughs> I was waiting for Craig to put the subtitle up or not on video I tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually going to go look for it. Yeah. I can see you twitched. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing audio only this time around. That was funny. <laughs> the, the 999 times we were supposed to, and he doesn't get it up there, and then... Yeah. I can't find it. Well, you go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. I can do this without the prompt on the screen. Ha ha. Put your name on the birthday calendar and uh, try to have half as much fun as we're having here tonight. All right. Is that done? No, not done, but we'll fade them out anyway. Goodbye. Okay. And that means it's time for some news. Random light blue button. Good news everyone there we go hey well one of the good news is, is i found out uh mm-hmm. i i don't know what i was looking for on the internet but i came across a site called takeout.google.com and it has nothing to do with right. food i did not no. know did you know about takeout yeah it's been around for a long time yeah uh, they've it's been it has had di- different iterations of it but um you know people wanted to move out of gmail or get their data out of Google Podcasts, for example, that's getting ready to go away. So that's what takeouts for is to download your data. What did you use it for? I was inspired by listening to Adam Christensen, who just recently sunsetted the MacCast. And he's always talking about how he's got his photos in iCloud, but he also has a copy locally and puts them on his NAS. So just in case something happens. And when you think about it, I think Dave Slusher put it the right way. Cloud storage is really just fancy ransomware where you know, they're, they're holding your data for hostage and you have to keep paying them or they will get yeah. rid of your data. So some degree, I yeah, thought true, yeah. I, I, I came across a video that said, here's how you use takeout.google.com to get all of your photos and videos and albums mm-hmm. from Google. Right. You can only download batch size. I've got like 70 gig out there. It, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, but you can only download batches of up to 10 gig. Now on the video, they showed another selection on the list that was 50. It was not there when I went in there. So, you know, UIs yeah, change and that. whatnot changes. So it does it in batches and I got 25, file, 25 zip files generated for me. And then I had to manually download those, which took about 10 oh. or so minutes each. And every time I would select about five or six of them, it would crap out and go oh your connection's disconnected so i do one or two and then forget and Mm -hmm. walk away and come back two hours later oh yeah and then i I downloaded all 25 of those and moved them over to my nas so as of yesterday i have a nice backup of all of my google photos and albums and videos and all that good stuff so i don't think it does incremental from here on out but you know maybe it's a good once a year project is back up your stuff and yeah uh, takeout.google.com is a good way to do that. If you're a Google Photos user, of course, if you're using iPhoto or, you know, cloud, iCloud stuff, you, there's different ways to do that. You know, it's great. It is great for, uh, things that don't have so much data because I, I know it's, it's a lot of work to download all your photos and stuff, but, um, but it is a great tool to get those things out of your, out of your Google account, if, especially if you want to 
move along, you know? Yeah. Now for me, for my photos, I'm not too worried about my Google photos because, um, I have one drive installed on my phone too. Mm -hmm. So it copies, uh, I get, they get pushed up to Google photos like normal, but I have them go to one drive and it's just in a folder. There's not like, I mean, I can sync them to my, 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 uh, computer or whatever. And I do put them on my NAS often. I, I need, I'm past doing, doing that. But, um, that said, I have a local copy already, so I don't, I, it's not really that big of a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, but this is good to remember that takeout. I mean, you can get everything. There's my, uh, it's frightening Google when you go to takeout, how many different places Google has your data. There's this yeah, long list of go, oh, it must be just like Drive, Photo, Gmail. No, there's like a list of about 25 things. It's like, what are 60. these? I, it says there's 60 right here. It's crazy how many things are out there. Yeah. And uh, like uh, everything from Google Tasks, which I, I don't really use, but uh, it's there. Um, what was the other thing? Uh, your Gmail, uh, re- uh, YouTube and YouTube Music. Um, yep. Dana? Yeah. There's a lot. So check it out, people. You might be surprised. Mm-hmm. All right. Next thing we've got up in the news story is Craig and I both got Echo Frames. These are the yeah. Alexa glasses that have an attachment to Amazon. Uh, yeah. We both need lenses in them, so we both have eye appointments tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. I can wear them right over my regular glasses. I don't need new lenses. I'll just deal with this Actually, double reflection thing all day. So tell everybody what they are, because a lot of people that I've mentioned it to, they were like, I didn't know those existed. So they look like regular horn rim. Well, they've got several different styles now. The third generation is now out. They've been out for a while. Our friend Dave Slusher's had them for at least first, if not second generation. Yeah. I don't remember what he had. And uh, they've updated them. So these are, uh, it's like putting an Amazon Echo uh, in your glasses frames. Yeah. So there's a little speaker that pops out right near your ear. So they're open ear earbuds. So you're not going to get the best fidelity, but you can listen to podcasts. You could do some music uh, and you it's driven from your phone. So even though I may not be in my house, I could still give echo commands. I won't say the Madam A word as much as possible. Because yeah. the product isn't called yeah. A-L-E-X-A. Its product is echo. You've got Echo mm-hmm. Show, Echo Dot, Echo Frames. Okay. So this is very similar to the Apple product, Siri, and the Google product. You know, that, But this is Amazon's version. And I yeah. pretty much have an Amazon ecosystem <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, I was, I, I, I went on a little walk today. Yeah. Um, now, for me, then these don't have lenses in them yet. They have the... The demo lenses. Yeah, it says right on them. Which, demo lens only. <laughs> yeah, demo lens only. So I I mainly wear my glasses for reading. So uh, I thought, well, I'm going to walk around the park. I had to take Harrison somewhere. So I walked over to, a, I went over to a park and took a two-mile walk. Yeah. And listened to uh, the Hidden Brain podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it through the uh, through the glasses. Now, there's street noise in one part of my walk and other things. So, you know, that kind of drowned it out a little bit, but you can just reach up and pause it for a second. It's easy. But I like the convenience of having, uh, being able to play audio right there, you know, in your ears without having to fumble around 
or remember to take your earbuds or, you know, maybe you wouldn't have them with you. I don't know. So, uh, I like the convenience. Um, yeah, I, a lot of that. times when I'm out for my walk, I go see, pe- I see people walking by or I'll say good morning. And it's mm-hmm. kind of rude if I say good morning and I, you know, I can't hear them because they'll probably ask a question. Like, oh, yeah. Nice yeah. morning. What have you been up to? Like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take an earbud well, out. Well, I did see a guy that I know that runs through that area a lot. And yep. I saw him and he comes right now. This guy runs. He could be an Olympic runner because so. Whenever I speak to him, it's like three words as he's going by. Uh, but I said, hey, how you doing, Jonathan? And he said, doing good. And my podcast was still playing, but I could hear him. And yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I tested so, these with my hearing aids in and the frames. No problems there. So it works great. The uh, the I would have missed this if you hadn't told me when we were at your place last week. Uh, the, the third gen were available for pre-order for what, about $70 off? I think it was, it was, yeah, it was an incredible right. discount before December 7th. So sorry, we didn't share this with you grand listener, uh, <laughs> right. but we, we got the third generation. We pulled the trigger on the same day. They came in the same day. We got our glass eye appointment on the same day. Now it's going to be a race to see who gets their lenses first. <laughs> uh, well, I'm out next week. So, uh, if they got to send them off, put lenses in them and bring them back up, they should be ready when I get back. I yeah. Hope. Yeah. The, I, I did, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I had the worst time pairing these with my phone and part of it is my own fault. Really? Okay. Yeah. They, they sent instructions and one of the instructions that I missed was get the latest version of the Alexa app before you do oh, anything. I was using the old the one and it didn't recognize the third gen glasses. So the LED is, is blinking and the voice says, please complete your setup on your phone. I open up the Alexa yeah. app and it walks through. I said, I want to add an echo, echo frame, looking for glasses, couldn't find the glasses. And right. I am trying to reset and reboot. And and then I finally upgraded the app and I had to do another reset because I probably forked the thing over seven ways from Sunday, <laughs> right. but uh, eventually got it. It took me about 10 or 15 minutes. And I know it's not supposed to be that complex, but make sure you've got the latest yeah. update. I didn't have any trouble with it because I had already updated the, I installed the app ahead of time. I thought my well, phone was auto updating a whole bunch of apps, but apparently not. Well, I do have a, a an Echo at the Mountain House that I kind of use as a speaker, you know. And yeah. I so I, I'm not. I don't really use uh, Alexa, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so people, Alexandra. <laughs> yeah, Alexandra. I really don't use that a whole lot, but I'm starting to use a little bit more. Um, I I can see using it more because right now I use it basically to turn lights on and off in the house. Um, I I was walking around, asked it a couple questions about my walk today. Yep. It was, I liked being able to hear it. And and I know you are particular about your notifications, but I did enable them because I wanted to see what it was like to get some notifications on it. Right. So um, I turned it on. I got a text from you. And it just it said, uh, what SMS from Chuck or something like that. And I just hit the button and then it read it. I was like, as you, as you were going through the setup, did you get to the part where it had the contacts? You notice how many contacts had a blue check mark saying these people also have an Alexa. Yeah. 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 Uh, so theoretically I could be walking down the street and just make a call to you via the echo, echo network, whatever they want to call it. Your glasses can call mine. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the big difference is in the third generation. There's a, there's a few, one is better battery life. Uh, yes. they said, if you're listening to media, 
you can go what six or seven hours. It's it's really nice. Well, yeah, if you listen to it straight, you know, you can yeah. go what six or which six or eight. I don't hours. think I ever do. Uh, if I'm listening that long, it's usually on earbuds or in the car. They also changed the charger up. It's no longer a cable that clips onto your glasses. I forgot if yeah. it was magnetic or a pins or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Uh, they've got a little, almost like a cradle. Your glasses rest on there with the lenses up and it's, it's an inductance charge. So it's like a chi charger for your phone, but for the glasses, yeah. which is I nice. I like that, except I can't find a spare. <laughs> they, yeah. they haven't listed a separate charger yet. And I'm sure somebody will come out with them or a third party will come out with them very quickly. Well, well, when you said that, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot. And I went and put my glasses on my wireless charger. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> I figured. I was it hoping it would pick up and start, re- uh, charging. No, but, no. It's like trying to yeah. charge your watch on a regular T charger. Yeah. Nope. So I'm looking forward to having them all, being able to wear them out right now. It's yeah. like, uh, I sat in that chair, uh, behind wherever it's at the chair behind me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, listen to a couple of, uh, some podcasts, a little bit of music. Music's not the greatest because it's, it's the fidelity is not quite there. Yeah. But. They've, they've increased the bass, but it's still tinnier than, you know, in yeah. ear earbuds, let's say. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's going to be good. Um, I will limit the notifications. I don't know if I want them on my glasses altogether. Right. Uh, b- only because one, I couldn't reply to anything. So it's not like I could just say, you know, reply to your text message. I'd have to pull my phone out anyway. So there are other cheaper alternatives. I I happened to be cruising around yesterday and saw, wow, these are 25 or $35, which do similar functions. And I thought, I don't know if it was an older version or somebody else's, but I thought they had like gestures on the side, kind of like the old Google glass did. The, The second gen did. Okay, that's probably where I picked up on that idea. These do not. These have control buttons just yeah. under the arms. So, and I'm fine with that because I did read uh, or see some reviews where people said that they accidentally, you know, tapped instead yeah. of swiping and uh, and then it read the notification when they were trying to change the volume or something. Yep. So, uh, or whatever they were doing. So, um, no, I prefer the tactical buttons, the tactical. And they got... They, uh, they got volume on one side, on the right side. Yeah. And the other side, one is pause, play, call, forward track, back track, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. I, I think I'm going to enjoy them. Uh, now I just got to make sure and see if insurance will pay for all or part of it. So that's, <laughs> well, they should be your lenses for sure. The lenses. Yeah. That's a different plan though. Mm-hmm. Fra- frames and lenses are covered differently. We shall see. We shall see. But uh, thank you for steering me in that direction because it was time for me to get new glasses anyway. And they're not radically different than the frames I've got right now. So unless you're looking closely, you might not even notice. No, the only thing I'm, I'm concerned about a little bit going with it, keeping these is that the lens lenses are a little bit bigger than what I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Oh, I think you'll like them. I, I had narrower rectangles like you did before. But, mm-hmm. um, since going with the bigger ones, you got to remember <laughs> back in the eighties, I had some big old goggles on my face. <laughs> I, I had rounder, larger. Then, yeah. I've things. done the circular. I've done the, uh, the rectangles as small as I can get. Now I'm back to more of a square frame. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you a quick, I know we, we got a lot to go through, but I, I'll tell you a quick glasses joke, uh, or not joke, but story for me. One time I, um, I had my glasses on mm-hmm. it work. And I was, I felt like I was going to sneeze. Right. So I pushed back from my desk 
thinking I was going to, you know, I was, I didn't want to sneeze on my desk. So I pushed back from my desk. And when I did, I sneezed, I hit my forehead on the desk. And then I came, when I came up, I couldn't see one of the lenses had popped out. <laughs> so <laughs> everything That's a was pretty hard like, sneeze. Oh my gosh. I've ruined my vision. <laughs> sneeze so hard. You blew out an eyeball. Ugh. And then it took me a second. I went, oh, my lens popped out. Oh. At least, oh, your, at least your eye didn't pop out. Heard of that happening. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see in my feet. Yeah. All right. Real quick, final wrap-up story in the news. Mm-hmm. The uh, the ISS found their missing tomato. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Frank Rubio, who is an astronaut up there, he, in fact, he set the record for, what was it, most days in space or something for by an American, 371 days, longest space flight for a U.S. astronaut. He was growing some little cherry tomatoes up in space. And he was doing this exhibit for what was it? First graders or grade school kids and saying, look, kids, I'm harvesting the first tomatoes grown in space. And he put one of the tomatoes in a little tomatoes, put it in a plastic bag. And he thought he taped that bag where it should have gone and it was gone and they couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. And then people started saying, we think you ate it. He says, I didn't eat it. We think you ate it. And he was getting blamed for eating the first Tomatoes grown and harvested in space. And he had to live with that stigma. Even after when he got back to Earth, later, like eight months later, they found the tomato, although nobody would say what condition it was in or uh, uh-huh. how they even recognized right. it. But his name has been cleared. He's been exonerated of the hey. great tomato debate. Hey, you know what? Uh, I get this vision of we were watching Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. You ever yeah. watch that? Yeah. It goes into the, it, it it goes into the cooler. It Hey, he goes in the cooler and he finds all that stuff. He probably went to the ISS and went, here, look at these tomatoes. How long have these been here? <laughs> you can't serve this to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, the tomatoes you that show is here? too much yelling for my tastes. Oh, well, I don't know. It kind of calms me down. I get to watch somebody else yell. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move on to the hatch of strange stories. All right. We're growing aliens now in a Petri dish. No, not aliens, but they look like aliens. <laughs> they, they, it does. They, they kind of remind me of the, uh, the French peas on veggie tails. Scientists <laughs> have grown mini brains from stem cells. These are used for study. They, they take adult cells, reverse engineer them into stem cells, and then grow whatever they want. So we're not harvesting hmm. fetuses or anything like this. Uh, they grow human-derived brain organoids as they call them in dishes and lately they've discovered how to make primitive eyes on there so you've got this round tannish grayish ball of brain matter that you can do research on and now it's got a couple of dark spots on it that look like eyes so not creepy at all not not symmetric either (laughs) but this is they're saying uh, if we go a little further we can put some lenses in there and get some primitive vision and start doing more research on that. Then they can order echo frames and right. And put the smart glasses <laughs> on them. Right. So, yeah, I forgot. I Why did they say they're growing these? Uh, it, it was just for like brain research. So they don't have to kill animals or anything. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, stem cell research, you know, is so they can regrow, you know, certain things. So like the brain cells, uh, so I imagine it was just research into that. 
the next generation, they said, we believe that these are next generation organoids helping to model retinopathies that emerge from early neurodevelopmental disorders. So it's always something. It's always something. And second article in the Hacks and Strange Stories is about something I read actually in my TLDR newsletter that came out this morning. Oh, scientists yeah. are making transparent wood and why they're doing that. So in a letter from Ars Technica, uh, there's, you know, when you get, when you get a tree or something, there's, there's, you know, it looks kind of tannish brownish, right? But sure. that's right. from the different chemical compounds that are in there. One of which is lignin. I learned about lignin while I was watching a show about the development of the earth. Lignin oh. is responsible for. Uh, providing structure and sturdiness to the the plant cell walls because up until a single a certain point in in our earth's history the the land-based plants were only so tall they were like little shrubs they couldn't get any taller because they wouldn't they couldn't support their own weight but then you get lignin and now you get trees which are really tall so thank you lignin for that uh, it's actually a type of polymer, a natural polymer that grows in there. Well, what they did is it, originally they started bleaching this stuff and they made transparent wood and yeah. injecting it with resin, also a natural resin, to start making things like mm, glass for your phone or windows for your house. So you can have yeah. natural eco-friendly windows. And they're saying that the eco-friendly windows, the wood windows, uh, although the thicker you get beyond say a couple of millimeters, they start to get a little hazy would make great transparent glass or skylights. And since they're stronger well, and more energy efficient, uh, right now, the a decorative window, like in our, in our bathroom, like, like a here, frosted glass. Yeah. Yeah. In my bathroom here, we have, we had two windows that would, I mean, there was a, a pair of windows that would slide open and we made it into one and mm -hmm. put one of those, um, textured glass in there mm -hmm. so this you could use something like this in here yeah right they're, they're looking at different new ways to create greener lignin bleach stuff with say um hydrogen peroxide mm -hmm. or uv now, radiation it, so it, they're, they're, they're not it, quite there on the production scale yet um yeah but well the question know. i have was okay so it's very organic it's not glass yep. or something like that so if you you put it in there. What's the, what's the lifetime if, if out in the weather? Don't know, but I would have to imagine the that the resin would keep the termites away. Oh, resin. That's right. You said resin. So yep, it might it might actually last a a decent long time, uh, even in the weather. So I don't know. I'd be interested to hear more about this. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be building my next house with transparent wood, but. And I'm sure there's a joke Let's in there somewhere. do all somewhere. the walls. All the walls, transfer wood. <laughs> okay. Should we go into the remember when? Yes. We have a couple of stories that scientists have discovered. This is, this is remembering way back, if you're old enough to remember when the tyrannosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, educational <laughs> in a I number of different ways. stories like this in the remember when. <laughs> yeah. Not, not science-based. It's remember when. Like, we remember this. Uh, I also learned from this article that uh, Gorgosaurus libratus is a type of Tyrannosaur. Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus rex, was a, Tyrannosaurs are a family, like, um, 
the like the larger sauropods. Okay, right. they are a family. So Tyrannosaurus rex was one of that family. So was Gorgosaurus libratus. Now, what they found at the University of Calgary was one of these Gorgosaurus. And they said, hey, there's a couple of leg bones in here. We know what he ate for dinner. And they moved this rock and they found several other things in the stomach. They said this is one of the best preserved stomach contents. Uh, this was a teenager, five, oh, five to seven years old as it goes, a teenager, about 700 pounds, uh, which is only 10% of the mass of the adult. Uh, they they opened it up and they found out a whole bunch of things. Like when they're young, their teeth are different shapes than when they're older. So they eat different things. They can't go around and eat like uh, uh, the larger ones, for example, would eat uh, larger herbivores like hadrosaurs. Right. The younger ones were eating more of these little chicken-sized <laughs> dinosaurs because their teeth were more appropriate for that and it was easier to cut. So they they ate citipedes C-I-T-I-P-E-S citipedes, a small turkey sized dinosaur. Uh, And then of course, you know, they had rocks for gastropods and gastroliths for mushing it up like, kind of like cows do. But um, they say they appear to have only gone from hunting prey like citipedes, a small fraction of their size as teenagers, to hunting mega herbivore dinosaurs as large or larger than their size as adults. So new stuff learned. New stuff. Hmm. I, even though even those dinosaurs have been around for a long, long time, they're still There's teaching us stuff. To learn. Yep. Yeah. Science. Yay. Speaking of, here's one that I actually do remember, Craig. Because you, you, oh, yeah, this, this is another one of those, dang, I feel old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turbo, Turbo Pascal, Pascal. celebrates right. 40 years of innovation. Thank you, Philippe Kahn. Now, Pascal, the language is not new or, or not 40 years old. It's older than that. But what Turbo Pascal brought in 83 was one of the first IDEs, this integrated development environment. So you could edit your code, run it, compile, it, and get your executables out of it. When it first came out, it only made COM files, which were limited to 64K. Now, you could make overlay files when Turbo Pascal 3.0 excuse me, came out. I know this because we wrote our first bulletin board program in Turbo Pascal. <laughs> oh, did you now? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is near and dear to my heart. Scott did most of the coding. I did a lot of the design, but occasionally I had to unpack it. And then when Scott, he, uh, Reynolds. Scott Reynolds. So when, yes. when he moved on to rewriting the bulletin board in C on a Unix system, I took the Pascal code and continued to maintain it for a few years until what, the early 90s when I migrated over to Unix as well. Right. So uh, it, it's been around for a while. It was it was discontinued, what, in the late 80s? It made it up to version 6 and 7. Yeah. Uh, there, were some, there were some versions floating around after that, I think, wasn't it? Uh, and you can, I believe you can still go online and download DOSBox-based versions of Turbo Pascal if you want to relive those old days. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Well, you can get free DOS, uh, which is an open source DOS environment, and you could run this in there for sure. $49.95. Man, it was expensive. What but is that the, in today's dollars? When you think about this, though, before you had an IDE like this, you had to bring up an editor, edit your files, save your files, then go and run a command line compiler 
to create mm-hmm. the object files, then run a linker to link them all together to get your final executable output. This put it all in one nice place. Yes. Uh, yeah, I had to you know, do that in, with my C programs after I started my day job way, way yeah. back when. Now you got lots of options for IDs, but uh, even um, VS Code, which I use all the time. Mm-hmm. And it does lots of languages. Pascal was, here's, oh, here's another fun story. So when I got into college, they started teaching us on Pascal and I had dabbled with it before. My brother gave me a book called Apple Pascal Games and I would go down to the university and it said, these were written for UCSD Pascal, University of San Diego, University of California, San Diego. And they had Apple machines that you could boot up into UCSD Pascal. I couldn't get those things to run for crap. <laughs> I was typing them in letter perfect and it would come up and right. say error on line 11. I was like, well, it, I'm just declaring an array. What's yeah. wrong? And I, right. I didn't, I knew the language well enough to go, there's no syntax error here. And I even had a couple of students. So I kind of shelved those projects. Years later, I decided, why not try this on Turbo Pascal? Worked like a champ. So I made... An Apple-based game of Snake. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> for That was supposed to run on an Apple, but it ran better on an IBM running Turbo Pascal. Well, I wonder what you were missing in the... Uh, it had to be you know, some compiler issue. I, I don't know. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Hmm. It, it well, just didn't deal well with... Um, what was it? It was... It was they, they, they weren't declaring objects, but they had variable names like Snake Thing, Character Thing... Uh, and it was just freaking out on something. Right. Yeah, something. Hey, by the way, you can relive those days. I got, I see the Pascal um, support for VS Code plugin. So if you want to go back. I think I'll pass, Cal. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, yes, I did. No, I didn't even have that turned up. Do it again. Yeah, all yeah. the better. Yeah. All right. So. You know, my, my mom uh, was telling me. You know, for it was a good language. It was a good language to learn procedural languaging on. My my grandfather knew like COBOL, which I was like, your grandfather. I didn't, I didn't even know that he programmed, but that's what they. So that's what I was told, hmm. and that was you know, but that was a long time ago because he he died in like eighty three, so it had to have been a uh, quite a while before. COBOL's that. still around, dude. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen uh, some companies dying to find somebody yep. that does COBOL because they're still trying to support You know what? I want to go on LinkedIn and see who's, who's got COBOL skills. I think that might be where I saw that. COBOL. Let's see. Anybody in my first level network? <laughs> I just, I got to ask. Uh, dear Lord, there are. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, um, several. Were you looking under people? Yeah, people first level. I've got some in Phoenix. Mm, come to service now developer meetup sometime. I see some third levels. Oh, there's a second one. Um, huh. All right. One in Singapore. Oh, that didn't say co- skills COBOL. Yeah, they're out there. Spain. All right, let's give a shout out to our patrons. Oh, wait a minute. There, one of our. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you a minute. Okay. 
Thank you very much. These are the people that make the show go, and we are so, so appreciative of this uh, because their contributions help keep this show going, whether it is the recently paid bill to StreamYard or the monthly bill for Linode or whatever it is, the occasional breakdown of headphones or microphones or whatever. You guys keep it going. And thank you. Thank you very much. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan D. Mancoyer. These people have all contributed at least a dollar a show that we produce and keep us going. Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros. We mentioned him before. John Clifford, John Noble, Jorga Schrowen. We mentioned him too. Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills. Saturday Morning Media, we appreciate all these people, including the family of Stevens, Stephen Weshy, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Thank you all. If you want to be a patron, you can go over to patreon.com slash technorama podcast. And for as little as a dollar show, be mentioned on the show. Get a special episode of Technorama where Craig and I kind of kick back, informally talk about stuff, nerdy stuff. I've got an idea of what we can talk about tonight so we'll see what oh, that leads do. to okay. yep and sometimes the conversation wanders and sometimes it's just a darn load of fun patreon.com slash technorama podcast we appreciate all the support even if you're just considering it make it a new year's revolution to sign up how's that for a yeah, promo or if you're already a patreon member consider doing what some of the others did this year upgrade woohoo there's this wonderful t-shirt plan we've got. <laughs> I think those all got out. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, if you didn't get it, let us know. <laughs> and you were about to say before I started the music? Oh, uh, when I looked at my list, uh, we had a cup, uh, one guy that used to work at ServiceNow. Uh, he, he had COBOL on his list. <laughs> COBOL, let's see. You know, Danny, well, Danny Morton's, we just uh, mentioned his Oh, name. yeah. Yeah, so he's, uh, he, Down under. he has um, uh, COBOL. Cool. Danny, if you're out there, we want to talk we to you. A, yeah, we got a project. We got a project. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a customer. That's right. All right, let's go on to talk about what we've been watching, reading, listening to, drawing, taking pictures of, I don't know. So I've got a few. We've been off for a few weeks, and that gave us a chance to catch up on a bunch of things. Yeah, uh, first, I have a feeling up, I missed something, but uh, yeah, I had a couple that are in progress that I'll get next time around. Otherwise, this list yeah. would have got a little large. Uh, the Crown season six, where it's four se- four episodes this time, not the usual eight or ten, uh, where it's the end of Princess Die. So they, they, I don't know if this is the wrap up to the whole series. It kind of feels like it, but you know, things happened since 1997. I think it was the last one. I think it is the last one. Maybe. I'm sure. So they, what did you think? Cause I, I heard some things about it. I liked it. I think they handled it in a tasteful way. Obviously they took some okay. liberties and, and I, um, I, I, they did well. They did well. I liked the way that it, it went. It was, it, it was like the rest of the series. It drew me in and you know, this was a watch it with my wife show. So we have a few of those where you sit down and watch things together. And this was one of them. So I enjoyed it. 
What do you got? Um, did you used to watch Monk? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Sorry, my son's bringing me a drink. I see him photobombing back there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, Monk with Tony Shalhoub, uh, Tony, yeah, Tony Shalhoub. He was, uh, he played the detective that had the, um, OCD going on. It was been a while. It, it, I think it wrapped in 2009. Okay. Um, so they did a reunion movie called Monk's Last Case and it was really good. It was much like, uh, much like the episode, you know, the way they did the episodes, um, where Monk would kind of figure out who did it and he had to figure out how to kind of piece everything together so they could, uh, so they could catch the guy. Yeah. So it was a, it was actually fun to watch and because all the old characters were there and, uh, yeah, it was fun. My second one is a true crime story called The Billionaire, The Butler, and The Boyfriend. It's a story about Lillian Betancourt, the, well, when she was alive, she was the richest woman in the world. She was the owner or heiress of the L'Oreal Cosmetics Company. And uh, as she got into her 70s, I think it was, uh, she started developing mild Alzheimer's and this friend appears on the scene and she starts giving him lavish gifts, like have some artwork worth $1.2 million. Uh, and it, it added up to the tune of close to a billion dollars in gifts. Now that only started part of the problem because her daughter then says, Hey, wait a sec. You know, she's got 32 billion to her name. So giving away 1 billion isn't the end of the world, but she's not so (laughs) sure about this guy of what are his motives? What are his intentions? Uh, why is she being overly generous to this one person? And that unlocked some dirtier secrets. Like all of the transactions she was doing were in cash, which makes it harder to track. Uh, because all of this came from, claims of her accountant and were backed up by recordings from the butler. Now mm. on the recording, her, 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 um, not her accountant, but the, 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 the bookkeeper, the, the lady who was dispensing the cash to right. Lillian. And then you've got this recording, audio recordings of a man talking to Lillian, her accountant, her primary accountant. I think his name was, oh, is it Pierre? I can't remember now. Uh, in one of the recordings, you can hear him saying, We've swept the entire house for bugs. Nothing has been found. Well, he was sneaking these in on the tea trolley. So they would scan the house, not find anything. He'd turn on the recorder, stick it under the napkin or something, push the tea trolley in the room, pour them their stuff and leave and let it record for a couple hours. And this was all done. This wasn't like way back when. (laughs) This was, you know, 2006 to 2016 that this was all unfolding. Well, it turns out that she was also being accused of giving cash donations to politicians way over the amount you're allowed. Like you can give up to 7,500 euros and she's giving them like 50,000 euros or 150,000 euros. Uh, that was never really proven because it was only cash you know, right up to the president. <laughs> God, this, this is not good. Uh, then, then it finally did come back. Uh, that her daughter said, look, we got to have mom 
analyzed and it turned out she did have Alzheimer's. Um, she was not making rational decisions on her own and custodianship yeah. or guardianship was put in place. It, it, it was really a, a sad, sad story. Uh, then it also turns out that this guy, Beignet, who was swooning, you know, the elderly lady, uh, has tried this before with other ladies and, oh. and he would take advantage of them. So his good intentions were just flown right out the window. Both Beignet, the guy who was scamming and the accountant who was recorded ended up going right. to jail. Uh, they may have been a little harsher on the account than needed, but it was, it was an interesting story. I think it was three, four episodes, uh, three episodes on this one. So about an hour each. Right. And, and it was just, I never, I, I recall hearing just like remote stories about the L'Oreal empire, but I did not know this whole story was unfolding over there. So, and was this a drama or documentary? It was, it was a reenacted documentary based on those recordings and many okay. of the people that were involved were in front of the camera as well. Lillian yeah, okay. passed away at, at the age of 94 in 2017. So mm -hmm. she was not able to say anything. And when she was she, towards the end, she wasn't all that coherent anyway. Right. Uh, but her daughter now owns the company with her two sons. Uh, and now she's extremely rich too. But yeah, making absolutely. more sense of the money than mom did towards the end. So it was, right. it was, it was interesting. All right. So the next one on my list, uh, I reluctantly watched this. This is one that Harrison, <laughs> I'm going to watch this. So Kim and I watched it with him was the exorcist believer. Um, of course it's in the exorcist vein of movies. There's lots of, you know, uh, crosses being thrown at uh demons kind of thing mm. you know, by the power of jesus be gone kind of thing that movie stunk I, I <laughs> pass. hard pass on that one yeah uh i looked up after we watched it <laughs> yeah it had like a 22 on a rotten tomatoes i went oh 22 well, out of 100 lot. people this is out of 100 yeah out of 100 so uh no it just didn't do anything for me i those kind of horror movies don't do anything for me. I just not. There are good scary. horror movies. Oh, I'm not saying that. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying things like The Exorcist, uh, like Amityville Horror. That yeah, that did not do anything for me either. Uh, just kind of freaks me out a little bit. But uh, this, I just no. Nah, I just I, I found myself looking at my phone, you know, <laughs> waiting for it to be over. <laughs> looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah. So. Pass on that one. All right. My next one. What was my next one? Um, another true crime story called Till Murder Do Us Part. Mm -hmm. I, I think all of these were on Netflix, so I'm not just going to keep repeating. Swearing out Netflix. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth. They, yep. they, well, they're coming out with some good content lately, and, and they certainly have me pegged as far as true crime documentaries and history, uh, yeah. which I'll get to at the end. The... Um, and, and, and really old movies that I love rewatching to see if they hold up. Till Murder Do Us Part is about a story of a girl who's somewhat of a, I, won't, I wouldn't say black sheep, but she didn't quite fit the mold of, of you know, what most people would call normal at the time. Uh, right. She went to, I think the story takes place in the early 90s, if I remember right. She went off to college 
Uh, this is all East Coast stuff uh, between Virginia and New York and you know, that Eastern Seaboard area. She went off to college and met a gentleman from Germany. He's the son of an ambassador. Okay. And they got along splendidly. And one night her parents turn up brutally murdered. Mm. And they said, well, who could it have been? Uh, and they found her fingerprints at the house. Well, first, first they went, well, hang on. You two have an alibi, but it doesn't quite add up. You said you went to DC for the weekend, which is 120 miles away. So if you went to DC and came back in a rented car, we checked the rental agreement. You put on 640 miles. Where's the extra 400 miles coming from? And they did a little math. They said, that's the distance from college to pick up your boyfriend in New York, back to college, back to your parents' house. Just like this round trip added up perfectly. They said, that car went to your parents. Who was driving? (laughs) And, you know, she said he did it because he was, where was he? He wasn't available to comment or something. And then, uh, so the, the finger looks like it's pointing squarely at him. Then he gets up on the stand and both of these people are really, really smart. They will, they will either charm the pants off you or outthink you because they're, they're thinking right. a couple moves ahead. Um, so he said, she did it. She said, he did it. They couldn't really prove anything. Finally, it comes down to some really crappy circumstantial evidence, uh, and they lock him away for a long, long time, but right. they also lock her away for, uh, because, and, and the, they never really did solve this case. And eventually they had to let both of them out because he had a a retrial or something and it was declared a mistrial. So they let him out after like 25 years and they said, well, if her crime was lesser and you let him out, we have to let her out too. They, they've both parted ways long, long ago. They have nothing but animosity for each other, but it was, it was interesting to, to watch this one unfold. Oh, well, okay. That makes sense. But there's, there is just so much bad case handling and crime scene and lost evidence that goes on. It's unbelievable. Anything can be tried. Anybody can be accused on such flimsy information these days. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what we're talking about. The DNA earlier. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there was, there was DNA found at the site, but it was only partial. So they, for a while they said, well, this looks like multiple perpetrators. And they went, Oh wait, the, her dad's, DNA is mixed in all here. So can't use that. (laughs) Right. Right. It's all mixed together. All right. So, uh, I actually finished watching Frasier on, uh, Paramount. Yes. It was 10 episodes. Um, I'd fit, I'd stopped on season four. Then I picked it up, uh, after it was completed its run. Mm -hmm. And I gotta tell you, um, at first I thought, okay, it's a little slow going, but I'll give it some episodes. I'm glad I did because after about after the midway uh, episode five, excuse me, um, after episode five, it really started to become its own uh, show rather than relying on anything from the old show. Mm-hmm. And it was well worth it. I enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's it's a sitcom, which is not your favorite thing, but uh, but I liked it. I thought it was good. Cool. Yeah. So Frazier still got room to grow and be a character. And, um, 
he's living with his son. His son turned out, I liked his character as well, Freddy. Um, which it's funny watching, going back and watching the, I hadn't remembered about Freddy, but I watched the old episode, uh, episodes about first season or two, and they mention him. He's living with his mom, you know, which they're separated. So, uh, so they've mentioned him, but so he has a place in the, in the whole pathos, you know, for Frazier. And there he is. Um, but yeah, I like the show. It's great. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I, Donna and I finished watching collection 11. They don't have seasons. It's collections of the great British baking show, AKA bake off. If you're in the U S it's the baking show. If you're in the UK, it's bake off. I don't know why they did that. It doesn't make any sense for a branding standpoint, but there you have it. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Good ending. I it, it was a it was a not what I expected. Uh, I had pinned it to three people, and I was wrong. I said it's going to be one of these three, I, like week two or week three. You can clearly see the talent emerging. Nope. So. Get ready for an exciting one if you haven't watched season 11. And now there's two holiday specials. We watched one and uh, we're going to save the last one for Friday. Okay. Final show I've got is called The Pacific. This was made in 2010. It's about World War II. These young guys who join up as Marines, they're all gung-ho to get going. Uh, I believe it was 10 episodes. First part of it is let's get enlisted and they get shipped off to Guadalcanal and reality hits. Uh, it is, it is gruesome. It is gory. It is, it makes you appreciate what these young men had to go through Oh yeah, back, back in those days. And it follows them all the way up through the end of the war. And I didn't realize till the end, it's based on real people that when they say, Hey, this is, you know, uh, uh the, the, the recognizable actor that most people will, will spot in this is Remy Malik plays a character uh, named Snafu. Well, mm-hmm. at, the, at the end, when they get done war's over and they all went home and they de- dealt with their PTSD. Uh, they, they said, here's the picture of Remy Malik and here's the picture of the real guy. I went, Whoa. Yeah. And then they, they do the, where are they now? Many of which are dead. When in 2010, some of them were still around, you know, he went on to get married, had three kids, became an accountant, uh, or whatever it was, 20 grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, right. it was a nice tribute, very emotional ending uh, but wow, that was, that was some intense stuff that they went through and, you know, gives a whole new sense of appreciation for, for what our soldiers have to endure. Oh yeah. So all those were on Netflix, had a good time. There's still a couple in the hopper that we're finishing up and, uh, we will get them next time around. But before we go, we want to oh, leave wait. you with a question of the um, week. What? By the way, there was, uh, there's a couple of things. I'm looking forward to uh, I, things I'm one, I know that are coming out. Yes. I'll put them on my, I'll throw them on my Google, Google calendar mm-hmm. as all day event. You know, I'll throw them on there. Uh, Barbie is coming on HBO max on this Friday, the 15th. And so is chicken run too. Did you ever see the first I one? I saw chicken run. Yes. I saw the first one. I'm looking forward yeah, well, to the this, second one. That was on Netflix. This, I thought. It is, and yep. they're making it. They after what ten, twelve years or oh. whatever, they made a second one. Closer to it's 20, been a long I think. time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, second one's coming. Um, with the dawn of the nugget is the yeah. <laughs> the first one came out in two thousand. 
Was it 2000? Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. Netflix wasn't streaming in 2000. No. They, it came out on VHS, came out on whatever. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that when the kids were real little. Yeah. So I'm going to watch that when it comes out uh, this Friday. Nice to see stop action still making a thing. All right. Our question of the I week love, for you. I love that style, by the way. I love that style. Something to ponder. Something to ponder is what treasures that we know existed 100%. We know they existed. They're, they're lost and they still haven't been found. Hmm. What, what are you looking for? What would you love to have turn up? I'm not sure this is an actual, it says what treasures that we hundred percent know existed still haven't been found. Okay. That is a question. What? The the muffler from a 1978 Honda. Hey, I thought I lost my grommet kit. Speaking of stop (laughs) action. I was thinking of Wallace and gromit. Uh, I lost it. I was, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to hang. I've got the green screen that comes up on rails and I put grommets in the cloth and I wanted to do the same thing for the white and black screens. Couldn't find the dang grommets. Now I found them. Oh, so, I mean, I actually, let me back up. I said my muffler from my 78 Honda Civic, but actually I'd like to know where my Honda Civic is at. Probably crushed into a cube. Hmm. I also, I, I, thought, I also thought I lost one of my service now jackets, but that did turn up. I, right. I was, I've been agonizing over these for like the last two weeks. God, I hate losing things. I just hate losing things. And I've, there's two things on my list right now. So Sunday we had two services. Donna had to sing at both, but I didn't. I videoed the first one and then I came home and I said, I'm going to make it my mission to find those lost two things. I found them both in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, well, I got 50 minutes before I got to go pick her up. What am I going to do? Right. Right. So we want to know what you got. You, you, you could say something personal, but you could also say something more prophetic like, uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Where is that thing? In a warehouse somewhere. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots don't know what they found. <laughs> Yeah. So that is it for this show. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, listening. We invite you to subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, get the podcast delivered to you automatically. Oh, also note that if you listen to us on Google Podcasts, subscribe to us with something else because Google Podcasts goes away April um, this coming year. So use your takeout. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. No, um, but yeah, if you're subscribed to us and listen to us through Google Podcast, consider subscribing to us uh, at another platform. And if you want to email or respond to our social media or phone in, you can call us on the listener line 707-530-2428. We know November was International Call Technorama Month, but oops, we missed it. Now it's yeah. December. Let's see if we can make up for that. Until next time. Tell a friend about Technorama. Thanks for all the help, Craig, and give us a binary high five. All right, one, zero, one.